0: Hello and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding.
1: And I am Steve Shives.
0: And on this show, we take a classic, a gem, an untouchable statue to to cinema, and we give it a fresh review. It's one of those movies that everyone references, everyone claims to love, everyone has nostalgic feelings for, and we take a fresh look at it with a modern eye, a jaded eye. Yeah, basically we tear apart classic films.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We destroy people's childhood memories, is what we do.
0: Yeah, apparently. So this week, what are we going to take a look at? We're going to take a look at that insightful human drama about a man coming to terms with the fact that he does not like or want children, that classic movie, Jurassic Park.
1: Oh, yes. Welcome to the late-seating review of Jurassic Park. That was my Richard
0: I, I, I thought he was in the room. I thought his ghost was here. I thought he was like, can't you, can't you do The Great Escape? <laughs> well, that would be a good review. And the only people who have fond, nostalgic memories of The Great Escape are, I, I think, in their 60s and 70s. I don't think they listen to the show. Oh, well, can you do Gandhi? I don't think you want to hear my review of Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to break off and have a uh, nice conversation with Richard Attenborough for a little while instead of doing the review. <laughs> um, directed by Steven Spielberg, produced by Kathleen Kennedy and Gerald R. Mullen. Screenplay by Michael Crichton and David Kepball, though there were several other people who worked on the script as well um, that are not credited, which is based on Michael Crichton's novel, Jurassic Park starring Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Richard Attenborough, Bob Peck, Martin Ferrero, BD Wong, Samuel L. Jackson, Wayne Knight, Ariana Richards and Joseph Mazzello with music by Huh, let's see. Steven Spielberg. It's a, it's, it, got it, a, it's
1: it's a it's a wild guess, but I'm going to say yeah. John Williams.
0: Oh, wow. You win the no prize. <laughs> Thank you Stanley for the no prize. No prize. <laughs> um this came out in uh june of 1993 it was a summer blockbuster the universal who distributed it um uh sank like 65 million dollars into the advertising for this movie so it was gonna make its money back <laughs> um, and it did as of this time it's one of the few movies that have made over a billion dollars and that's with the uh, re-releases and, and everything else. They just did a re-release in like 2013 for the 20-year where they needlessly put it in 3D. Um, because that's what you so, do with
1: classic movies now, Jason. You re-release them and you put them in 3D, don't you know that? Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm waiting for that Casablanca 3D. <laughs> oh, it'll
1: be so great.
0: <laughs> you can re- It really makes it more real when Elsa leaves at the end. <laughs> oh no, spoilers for Casablanca!
1: The unrequited <laughs> love doing? leaps off the screen.
0: Yeah, I can't wait for the Thin Man in 3D. That'll be awesome, too. Everything everything 3D. <laughs> so, um, you ready to do the plot summary?
1: Let's do it.
0: Okay, you want to start?
1: Sure, I can start. Awesome. Um, I think we've both seen this movie like a million times between us. Oh, so, God, yeah. Um, well, uh, we start in like... Uh, Sort of a jungle thing. We're, we're actually on the island. We're on the the Jurassic Park island, uh, uh, Isla Nublar, and mm-hmm. there's ooh there's there's scary rustling in the trees. Maybe it's a dinosaur, but it turns out it's just a big old crate being carried in on a forklift with a
0: dinosaur in it. With though, a dinosaur so in it, it was right. Yeah. What a twist! And lots, of, yeah, and lots of guys who are are wearing the movie branding on their helmets. Yeah, they have helmets that say Jurassic Park on it.
1: And yeah, and a, a clever bit of corporate synergy. You could go out and buy a lunchbox. You could literally leave the theater after you saw this movie in 1993 and go buy a lunchbox exactly like the the this, shirts and the hats that these people were wearing.
0: They licensed this movie to more than 100 different companies. Wow. Pre-release. So there was there was Jurassic Park on, you know, practically everything.
1: Well, it is one of those movies where it's like, you mentioned how much they sank into the marketing. I mean, it's one of the few examples of a sure thing in the history mm-hmm. of movies. I mean, a big budget, you know, uh, mainstream action-adventure movie directed by Steven Spielberg about right. dinosaurs. like Right. Uh, you know.
0: It was almost like Steven Spielberg's last film right before this, that that, that big budget um, Steven Spielberg action-adventure comedy hook. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, so anyway, there's a dinosaur in this big cargo container. And uh, they're transferring the dinosaur like into a pen. And of course, something goes horribly wrong. The animal mm. tries to escape. It almost breaks out. Uh, and one of the workers gets dragged into the enclosure by this very lethal dinosaur. So this is our introduction mm-hmm. to... To Jurassic Park and they, they never of right. course in, at this point early in the movie we don't actually get a good look at the dinosaur in fact if you had perhaps paid no attention whatsoever to the marketing mm-hmm. for the movie you might not even know that it was a dinosaur if you're one of the it people- could have
0: been a movie about an evil cargo container
1: yes exactly that's more Stephen King than Michael Crichton. that <laughs> <laughs>
0: I would pay money for a movie about an evil cargo container. He's
1: like, come on, why hasn't somebody why didn't somebody get up after seeing that prologue in Jurassic Park and run right out and write that movie? Um, <laughs> just make it just about the cargo container, you're totally missing the story. Um, That's right. Anyway, so then they jump from this this scene at the cargo container to uh, a mine, an amber mine uh, mm-hmm. in the Caribbean uh, where miners are working day and night uh Extracting amber from deep within the earth and right. we see that what they're looking at, what they one of them strikes sort of uh, the their equivalent of gold and what, mm. what they f- have found is a chunk of amber with a little insect in it, a mosquito. Right,
0: a little mosquito. Um, this is also setting up uh, the lawyer. Yeah. Who's kind of like, um, hey, uh, everyone's got problems with this bajillion dollar idea that Hammond has. Yeah,
1: he's. It's one of those scenes. It's 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 like they had to put the exposition somewhere, I guess. So they said, right. let's have the lawyer talk about all of these issues for some reason to the head of the mining crew, as though that guy gives right. a shit. But right, exactly. You know. Um. So then so we jump to. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Oh, I get to do this part. <laughs> jump to. A paleontological dig in the Badlands of Wyoming. And here we meet a bunch of people, all of whom... Uh, now, I have to point this out because I noticed it when I rewatch this. All of the extras, it, other than our main characters, are all dressed like cartoon versions of what they think paleontologists wear. <laughs> They're all wearing, like, plaid. I think that there was, like, a busker, like a, a London busker who was all dirty in the background... And they're um, um, uncovering a velociraptor out of the sand, and uh, we uh, go down to a tent where a dude has exploded a thing for radar to look at bones in the dirt, and Alan Grant's there, and Alan Grant... Um, don't like no computers. In fact, he has a magic power where if he even touches a computer, it makes it go all wonky. And we meet Alan Grant, who is a paleontologist, and his girlfriend, uh, Ellie. Ellie,
1: yeah. Ellie. Who, by the way, um, it must be said, they are the two most gorgeous paleontologists in history.
0: Oh, yeah. And Sean also, Neal coincidentally, and played Laura by marionettes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Laura Dern plays Ellie. And um, Alan Grant likes to uh, deliver monologues to large groups of people uh, uh, Oh, uh, until um, uh, this little child um, uh, dares to disparage the Velociraptor by calling it a giant turkey, in which Grant then um, proceeds to scar the child for life <laughs> by pretending to slash open his, I think his genitals at some point? I, yeah. He, he doesn't... A few slashies like Velociraptor is this giant thing and it's going to hunt you. And oh, by the way, I'm going to say a bunch of shit that I couldn't possibly know about long dead animals. Um, (laughs) Like the fact that T-Rex only could see, um, could only see movement, which is baseless and based on nothing. But I have this theory that, by the way, turns out to be totally true. He is, I don't know where he gets the idea that a megafaunal predator okay I'm doing the science stuff where a megafaunal predator where we have no soft tissue or even know what its behavior could, was like because we can't observe it in the wild uh, has uh, uh, such a limitation that it can only attack things that move he's the most um,
1: brilliant and insightful paleontologist in the world clearly which is, uh, which is uh, and, why he's struggling for funding
0: Yeah, and boy oh boy he does not like kids.
1: No, I, think, I, I thought, like, it, on the DVD or the Blu-ray menu, the one-line title for this scene could just have been Dr. Grant is very inappropriate with a child.
0: And where is this kid's parents? Because he's literally, you don't see the kid up until the point where he says something, and then the, the, the entire crowd kind of backs yes. away from him. Like, like oh, oh shit. crap, Grant's going to kill another kid right in front of us. And... <laughs> There's no parents around. There's no parent that comes up and goes, Dr. Grant, what you just did was completely inappropriate with my child. But basically what he does is he describes Velociraptor behavior and how they're horrible monster creatures that will uh, eat you alive. And he terrifies the kid to the point in which he pees his pants, and then he leaves um, with Ellie. And Ellie's kind of like, uh, I want kids. And he's kind of <laughs> like, Nope. <laughs> So their relationship is doomed because he doesn't like them, he thinks they stink or whatever. But uh, Some of them char- smell. Yeah This this charming bit of character development is interrupted by a helicopter that, that lands and starts covering up the dig site with sand and they're like, oh no, cover the dig site! Panic! And they run up to the helicopter and the guy's pointing at their trailer and uh, they run to their trailer and John Hammond's in there. Now, I would like to point out that when they run up to the helicopter, it's still running. The, the helicopter had been on the ground all of uh, maybe a minute. John Hammond is an old man <laughs> who walks with a limp, but somehow he magically teleported into their trailer.
1: I think I, <laughs> they, I, I think I know what the solution to that is. He's Santa Claus.
0: Oh, that's it. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, old Doc Hammond is opening champagne and, and giggling and acting as mercurial as, you know, most CEOs are of major corporations. <laughs> um, just giggly and fun. He's a right jolly old elf, and he's kind of like, I've got a park. Uh, it's full of dinosaurs, but I'm not going to tell you that. I'd rather have it be a surprise. So I'm just going to, you know, kind of allude that I have this nature preserve, and I need scientists who are going to sign off on it because insurance and business shit... Um, and if you if you come, um, I'm gonna fund your work, which will become useless after you see the park.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's why he doesn't tell them at first. He when he needs, he, I guess he, he needs so. to rope them in.
0: I guess um, I'm gonna fund you, um, and and you're gonna and, and so do it. And they're like, yeah, money, and, and they agree. You get the next scene, Steve, because I have a headache. Oh. <laughs>
1: Okay, so uh, they're on their way to the island, right? They're in a helicopter. Uh We're missing what? key plot moment. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Um,
0: we're missing. We're missing Nedry. Remember?
1: Oh, that's right. The, there's 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 conspiratorial things happening with people who work for the park, like Newman from Seinfeld, is cutting a really underhanded deal with some black market guys. Uh, who want to buy, like, the embryos of right. the dinosaurs that they use to grow right. the dinosaurs for Jurassic Park. And he is given this diabolical little device which looks like a can of shaving cream but is actually a futuristic, high-tech, cryonic storage device that you can put the little <laughs> embryos in. And it even comes preloaded with shaving cream. So even if they mm-hmm. tested it at customs... Uh, That's right. F- they won't and be able oh, to you know
0: what? Jurassic Park come for the dinosaurs, stay for the corporate espionage.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Because I guess they're the only way to to have an adventure movie about an island full of dinosaurs is to work in a corporate espionage plot where Newman screws everything up. Mm-hmm. You know. um, Not the most elegant plotting, but it gets us there. It gets us where we need to yeah, go. Um, yeah. So anyway, okay, so then they're on the helicopter right. flying to the island, and the John mm-hmm. Williams score... Is, dun, dun, is soaring dun, to the clouds. Yeah. Which, by the way... will well,
0: get stuck in your head! When I was
1: 13 <laughs> and I first saw this movie, I thought this was, like, the most beautiful mu- the most beautiful motion picture score I had ever heard. It, like, it is... Aww. The archetypal, soaring, epic, you know, movie score. Um, I still have a soft spot for it, even though I'm a jaded adult now. Uh, um, well, good for you.
0: <laughs> you haven't completely murdered the 13-year-old that's in your soul. No, no,
1: I let him out every once in a while. Uh, so, so, of course, <laughs> Dr. Grant and Dr. Sadler are on, the, are on the helicopter, and this is when we also meet the character of uh, Dr. Malcolm, played by Jeff Goldblum, who is the eccentric math genius who dresses in black leather and wears you know very hip-looking eyeglasses and yeah. uh, has the hots for Ellie. Um, and we also are reintroduced to the lawyer that we met in the earlier scene at the mine, who is who once again reiterates that he's there to to you know make sure that the park passes inspection, and he represents the, right. the investors. And they're not happy, and they're not so so sure about this dinosaur yeah. park.
0: I don't understand why the investors would be upset. All Hammond has to do is show them a fucking video of the goddamn dinosaurs, and it would shut them up. They'd be like money. I know. Because Aren't
1: that? Like, isn't that the first thing they would have shown the investors? <laughs>
0: Because they want us to believe that a major corporation is really concerned about public safety when they see money, just literally money, all over the place. Yeah. Okay, anyway, yeah, so they, they go to the island, uh, and we're in, reintroduced to the fact that Alan Grant is so technologically inept that he doesn't know how to buckle a seatbelt. Yes,
1: he ties the thing, he ties it in a knot in his lap. It's
0: taking four people to try to tell him how to buckle a seatbelt. Look, and he's like, I don't, I'm putting the two under.
1: It's a really he just, long helicopter ride, and for whatever reason, Spielberg decides to to show us a lot of this helicopter ride, and they just needed some <laughs> business to get them through. They just needed to get to the damn island. So, yeah, let him play with the seatbelt. Sure, that'll work.
0: I mean, I guess what they were trying to do is, he, eventually he takes two ends of the seatbelt and ties them around his waist, and I guess that's supposed to show that he's, uh, uh inventive? Yeah. Um, resourceful
1: i guess he's like macgyver
0: don't you take that back.
1: macgyver would have known how to buckle the seatbelt the proper way but <laughs>
0: macgyver never would have gone to the island
1: <laughs> macgyver would have said an island full of dinosaurs i don't think so <laughs> are you crazy
0: <sighs> okay so are they on the island you they're have- on the
1: island uh no, they get into jeeps and they're just sort of driving over a hill. There's no road or anything. They're just sort of, you know... Oh, no, they are on the road, but they're, like, in the middle of this big pasture. And this is where we get our first actual proper glimpse of a dinosaur. Uh, they they sort of... They're just sort of sitting there, and they happen to, to, to look to the side, which is how spatial dynamics works in movies. The characters can't see anything don't, outside don't. of the frame, so they just turn...
0: Don't bring up spatial dynamics in this movie,
1: dude. <laughs> well, it's just, you know, they're three-dimensional people in a two-dimensional world. World, so if it's right, if it's right. outside the frame, it doesn't exist. So that's why oh, right, they right, could right. drive up ten feet away from a humongous dinosaur and not even notice it until they mm-hmm. until they happen to just incline their head a little bit and they, oh look, it's a brachiosaurus, mm-hmm. big as life, and it's actually yeah. it's it's the first gl- glimpse we as the audience have gotten of, of the, the the special effects of in the a movie dinosaur, yeah. <laughs> And it's, you know, it's played up for his, for all it's worth. The, the music really tries to underline how, what a beautiful moment this is. And the, the actors mm-hmm. are doing the Steven Spielberg, you know, gazing up in wonder thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know.
0: And then they deliver some very unconvincing lines of astonishment.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, nobody, as far as we can tell, nobody uh, defecates or urinates in his or her pants. Which, to me, would be just a normal, forgivable human response.
0: I mean, here's the thing. In that scene, Grant and Ellie are the ones that are supposed to be, you know, the astonished and amazed ones. Well, also uh, Goldblum, who does know what's going on on the island before he goes out there. But still, once again, Richard Attenborough and and Jeff Goldblum, working off the same uh, script, have managed to give really great performances. And so far, our two leads are not convincing as people. <laughs> they seem to be imitating people. I wasn't certain if they were a CGI special effect and they were gonna like do a surprise. Is like, these two people weren't even in the movie. We made them out of computer dust.
1: <laughs> yeah, there is there is that one shot of Grant sort of standing like sort of half-turned to the dinosaur and he's kind of pointing at it and he's like he's sputtering like a cartoon character. Yeah. Like, the dinosaur!
0: Well, even worse is when he when he when he falls on the ground and he turns and he sees the dinosaurs in the lake and the herds and he's like, they move they move in herds they they actually do move in herds and it's like, is that the only take Stephen was that the only take you had of this shot? <laughs>
1: he's very moved and
0: this man's whole life is collapsing in around him. Okay, <laughs> his whole life has been spent uh, dedicated to paleontology, and now. He's looking at the end of his career.
1: Yeah. But then again, <laughs> you know, dinosaurs. That's pretty cool, right? Right, I guess.
0: <laughs> All right. So where do we go um, from Um don't
1: they, then now they go to the visitor center. Right. Which for some reason is also like the actual control center of the entire island. I'm not sure if that's good design where No. Have the actual place where you run the whole facility in the in the same mm-hmm. building where all the tourists are gonna be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but okay. Um and they kind of get like the visitor's tour, right? They, they, they go on a little ride where you know, they see the, the, the scientists working in the lab and they watch a a, a cute little cartoon that, right. that informs them and us as the audience of you know mm-hmm. where the dinosaurs come from, how they clone Just them. Just
0: in case you were scratching your thick monkey cranium trying to figure out how they done made the dinosaurs, they make sure that a, a DNA molecule with a Texas accent explains it all to you. And talks to you like you are the nattering child that you actually yeah. are.
1: It's like a schoolhouse rock about cloning dinosaurs.
0: It is exactly yeah. like a schoolhouse rock.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, they, they they get out of the ride and they go in to no, pester the scientists.
0: Yeah. Right, because for some reason on this this uh, little tour that they set up for the people who come to visit, they actually have a part where you can look in and see the actual scientists doing all the work in what may be the smallest genetics laboratory ever. <laughs>
1: How much room do you really need to clone DNA? Ah,
0: Right, exactly. So, In
1: 1993.
0: um, Grant, uh, Malcolm, and uh, Ellie decide, no, we want to go see that. And so they literally break out of the ride and uh, barge in on the scientists. Security is never notified. Um, No alarms go off or anything, and they just walk in. And uh, they see that they're taking these cloned embryos and putting them into ostrich eggs, and then babies, little dino babies, come out of them. And it just
1: so happens that a little dino baby is is hatching right at this very moment. And yeah, it's it even also even more conveniently, it's a velociraptor, which makes Grant pee his pants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh-oh, that thing I said to that kid is going to happen to me.
1: Because <laughs> he can see foreshadowing even when he's in the story. He gets exactly.
0: it. So now we meet uh, Muldoon, who is the game warden? Yeah. The uh, enforcer? He's the salty
1: Australian.
0: He's, yeah, I'm a dino wrangler. I was a dino wrangler before there were dinosaurs. <laughs> But he he gives they go out to this external pen that's uh, high walled and has uh, like electric fences and they're dropping a buffalo into the mm-hmm. enclosure to feed them um, and Muldoon's like yeah they're super dangerous and uh, <laughs> they 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 hate us they draw pictures on the wall showing them murdering us all the time they're super smart and we keep them alive because um. Crucky, I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't stress enough how we're constantly in danger as a result of having these animals. <laughs>
0: um, and we still don't see them. We don't get to see the velociraptors. They drop a thing in there. We some bunch of stagehands shake bushes, and <laughs> everybody and everybody
1: watches in, in sort of horrified fascination.
0: Yeah, no one vomits because we what we hear is literally a a, a cow being torn apart. Yeah, and then they go have lunch,
1: <laughs> which is a nice a nice opportunity for a humorous jump cut. You know,
0: it's a nice opportunity for someone who was writing the script to go, "Hey, let's let's uh, tackle the philosophical questions raised by this by not actually raising any of the pertinent philosophical questions that are raised by this." That's true.
1: Yeah, that's... <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're all sitting down in this uh, the cheapest set they had which was literally a black room with a dining room table and uh, and screens you know screens showing parts of the island and all that stuff and this is when you know everyone apparently has a problem with the park except the guy who wants to make the money and John Hammond right and i you know what i still can't really pinpoint what ian malcolm's philosophy is other than Science is bad, scientists are rapists, and, <laughs> and I don't know how I became a scientist. Yeah. The end.
1: It's true. <laughs> Discovery I mean, they, is wrong. It is interesting that they, they, I mean, Malcolm is the one who voices the, the harshest criticism of, of mm-hmm. just the concept of the park. And yet you would think he would be at least somewhat open to it. I mean, his, his problem with it isn't, you know, hey, your, your security seems really bad. And you have all these incredibly dangerous creatures that are really you make it so easy for them to kill people. You know he's the he's actually the one who raises the philosophical objection of like you shouldn't even be doing this period.
0: He describes discovery as a violent,
1: penetrative yes. act.
0: And it's kind of like, oh, so um, as a as a I guess as a mathematician, you just stopped at four plus four and you didn't want to go any further because you didn't want to violate nature at that point.
1: He, he does get to a, he, he, he gets to a point where when he starts objecting to the uh, the idea that it's an attraction you know mm-hmm. I mean it, it, where yeah. he says you know you, you before you even knew what you had you had to slap a label on it and you started to sell it you know that that seems like a reasonable objection for someone to have.
0: That seems like a very reasonable objection but for yeah it to seems like, we, as we're recording this, I have no doubt that we're about 10 years away from having woolly mammoths back on the planet. Yeah. And I'm not even you know. I wish that was a joke. It was. It was kind of like uh, when I read the latest article. It's kind of like, oh yeah, they're not terribly far away from from doing that. And my first question was, to what benefit would that be, other than any scientific knowledge gained in the process of doing it? You know, what what could we learn from cloning an ex, you know an extinct species like that? But those questions aren't really that stuff isn't really raised. We have this kind of very black and white dumbed down. We want to make money. I want to put on a show and you know, the other side is like this is bad for reasons. Yeah, And you know grant kind of strikes the middle ground where he's he's kind of like saying well dinosaurs and man have never existed together who knows what's going to happen and i pretty much could tell you what's probably going to happen we'd create them and then murder them exactly <laughs> yeah. we'd enslave them like every other animal we we have ever come across and you know my 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 own uh, ideas on this was that if this if nothing had bad happened after this point you'd wind up having dinosaurs in every zoo these, these right. sad dinosaurs in these enclosures across the world no one would be going to you know just to go to Jurassic park um because they're still flesh and blood creatures. They're not. They're not. You know. It's not Godzilla. Right. They're not making some <laughs> fictional fantasy animal. These are still creatures that can die from being shot and and everything else. Um, but it's kind of like the philosophy is just grazed. Yeah. And uh, some people get some good sound bites in, but you know, at that point they kind of leave it at like, well, we really don't have a philosophy. Because the well, funny it's, part it's, about it is is that this movie defeats the, the the very argument that they're making because everyone went to go see this movie to go see frickin' dinosaurs. And if someone <laughs> made a park filled with oh, yeah, frickin' yeah. dinosaurs... <laughs>
1: What were you going to well, say? Well, and you can tell that that's not – this isn't – you can tell that that's not where the movie's heart is. I mean this – the the, oh, the, the, the philosophical th- argument is just sort of plunked in there because I guess maybe they felt like, well, we, sh- we should at least mention something about, you know, the misgivings people have about it. But, I mean, the movie's not about debating the philosophical <laughs> pros and cons of resurrecting extinct species. Well, you
0: know, we can hold this off for the actual end review, but I just want to finish with this. <laughs> Malcolm's hole. You slapped a sticker on it, and you sell. You're selling it. You're selling it. 100 licenses for this movie before <laughs> it was released. Fuck you, producers. How dare you?
1: <laughs> Am I supposed to feel what bad because I saw the movie?
0: Yeah. What happens after this? Um, uh,
1: don't they go? They go on the tour of the park. Yeah, the kids show up. Oh, they, the, yeah, the grand, the grandkids, Hammond's grandkids show up. Uh, one of mm-hmm. whom, the little boy, is one of the most irritating children I've ever seen in a film. And I can honestly say, when I watch this as an adult, I don't feel bad for him at all. For all the bad stuff um, I, that happens to him in the movie.
0: <laughs> I'm fairly certain that Tim is a, is a mutant. Because he can survive anything. Literally anything. He is. He, I, I think if someone shot him dead in the chest, he'd still survive.
1: <laughs> yeah. the,
0: he, he would could push a... the
1: bullet out like Wolverine in X-Men <laughs> exactly.
0: 2 because the amount of bad things that happened to him in the film. It's like if if a herd of T-Rexes were running at the group, the T-Rexes would focus on Tim and go after him.
1: <laughs> and they would stomp him into the ground and then he would just get up and brush himself off like the A-Team after a plane crash.
0: And uh, it's Tim and his uh, sister Lex. Yes. His older sister Lex. And Lex is... Uh, Computer girl. Yes, she calls herself and a she, hacker,
1: which in this movie means she has a basic level of competence with computers.
0: Right, which today means you're on the FBI most wanted list. Right, but you know that back then, no one really knew what a hacker was or what they yeah. did. But apparently, she's quite competent at twelve. Yes. <laughs> but uh, Tim loves dinosaurs, so he's he's really bugging the shit out of uh, Alan out of out of Alan Grant and uh uh Ellie is is trying to arrange it so that the kids wind up sitting with him and he doesn't want to do it there's a lot of sitting in car foo before they even get going <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> because i guess Ellie decided that this would be the perfect time to give her boyfriend shit over not liking kids when they, yeah, they,
0: because, you know, that'll change his
1: mind. Well, and it's like, you know, it, I love the, the way these sort of things work in movies. I mean, these people just found out ten minutes ago that dinosaurs are real again. And, uh-huh. But now their lives are normal all of a sudden, like, all over again. It's like they've gotten used to it to the point where now they, they're still, they, you know, I'm going to fuck with Alan about not liking kids.
0: Hey, human beings are adaptable. Yeah, uh, I that's know. What, that's the bottom <laughs> Apparently.
1: line. Apparently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so they're in these cars, these automated Jeeps that don't need a driver. And they're going to go on the official tour that everyone else was is going to go on um, through the park. And this is when we meet uh, uh, Sam L. Jackson's character, mm-hmm. whose name I don't even remember.
1: Uh, Arnold, I think. Is it Arnold? Mr. Mr. Arnold. Mr. Arnold, yeah.
0: Yeah, and he's a chain-smoking uh, guy who works <laughs> there? Guy, <laughs> i I'm not really certain what he does is it like a systems manager or something like that he apparently yeah. this park can be run by four people because everyone's leaving remember yeah, there's, there's a, a storm, a storm coming. coming and and uh rather than evacuate the people who are there to evaluate <laughs> and may, or maybe postpone or or reschedule um everyone's leaving everyone on the island is getting on a boat and leaving everyone everyone groundskeepers repair technicians yep. security guards dudes with guns everyone is leaving this park for to leave seven people and a shit ton of dinosaurs
1: <laughs> what could go wrong
0: and and that includes wait staff i guess yeah. the, the, the people who cook uh, so th- what they're going to spend the whole weekend just reheating microwave dinners <laughs> and th- that's going to we it's implied I mean he says there's a chef he, he mentions him by name like twice cuz someone has to cook their Chilean sea bass yeah. well they're for just going to rattle
1: around the kitchen you know like <laughs> like Jack and Wendy in the shining
0: yeah and where's the hotel
1: <laughs> Oh, yeah on the island where you can't leave yeah. once you get there
0: <laughs> where are they going to stay are all
1: these employees commuting every day
0: exactly but apparently, okay, so the whole part can be run by Dennis Near, uh, Nedry, who couldn't be more clear that he's doing something underhanded. He's he's literally just like, oh, i I'm nothing, I'm not doing anything, and oh, here's the reason why I'm doing it, I have gambling debts?
1: Yeah, or something.
0: Yeah, and you should have paid me more, and so for this, I'm going to do some hooky shit so that I can steal some embryos and, and become rich. Um, so you have Muldoon, the game guy... You've got um, uh, uh, Arnold. You you have the old man with the cane and the limp. (laughs) And you've got uh, Dennis Nedry, and they're they're going, okay, send them on their way. And they go on their way, and there's big gates there, just like King Kong. They go (laughs) through them. (laughs) And they don't see any dinosaurs, just like us. We're not seeing any dinosaurs. They say, oh, there's a Dilophosaurus. Oh, we don't see anything. There's nothing more... (laughs) Something more exciting than watching people not see things.
1: They even kind of lampshade it with that that funny line from uh, Jeff Goldblum when he like knocks on the camera in the. Mm-hmm. the oh, the, are he, we? Are he, there we, any dinosaurs on this well, well, dinosaur? Will, will there be uh, di- 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 dinosaurs on your on your dinosaur <laughs> tour? It's like thanks for reminding us, movie, that we haven't seen dinosaurs for a while.
0: <laughs> but then they they get a lucky break because one of the dinosaurs is sick—a Triceratops and. They get out of their Jeeps again.
1: With the storm bearing uh, down on the island. With
0: the storm bearing down on them. And apparently, once you're in the Jeeps, it's easy to stop the Jeep, even though they're automated and get out on your own, which you would think would be a bad, bad security feature. And they go out and they find this Triceratops and a whole bunch of shit. (laughs) And I mean, literally, just a big pile. That's Jeff Goldblum's line. That's a big pile of shit. And then we get dinosaur CSI with Ellie, <laughs> who is kind of like all engrossed about what's making the dinosaur sick. And there's another veterinarian there, and he's like, okay, yeah, well, we got to hurry up because I got to leave. And so they leave her there with the other doctor, and they get back in their Jeeps, and they're driving along, and what's the next thing? <laughs> it's the T-Rex, right?
1: Uh yeah, they're well because they, they decide to cut the tour short because the storm is like literally right about right, just But they get, about no. To, but
0: that's not that's not until they get to the T Rex enclosure and they bring out the oh, goat, that's right. They're gonna they, feed the T Rex. That doesn't yeah. yeah doesn't attract the goat. And um so uh they're just sitting there I guess. And <laughs> then Ned, that's when Nedry starts. Yeah, they're like we're gonna have to cut the the tour show short. And then that's when Nedry starts his plan.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Which is shutting down, turning off all the power to the fences for some reason.
1: Because as an employee, he can't get out with, like, his key card or whatever.
0: Yeah, because he needs to get all of these embryos and get to the boat. Now, here's the thing. If everyone's leaving already, if everyone's gone and they're getting on the boat, can't he just walk in and get the stuff and leave? There's no guards. There's nobody left. It's literally these seven people. Yeah,
1: that's true. He doesn't he does he, he doesn't meet a single person. They don't even do like a suspense scene where somebody almost catches no. him. He just walks in, gets what he needs to take, and just walks right out.
0: But for some reason, he's got to shut down the fences to all of the enclosures. Um, and they're, they're trying to, you know, the guys in the control room are like, what's going on? And they go on, and he's got... You know, he, just to make it more blatant that he's fucked up with stuff, because that's what you want to do. You wanna, you wanna broadcast to your former employer that you're stealing stuff before you're even off the <laughs> island. They go on his computer, and he's got this. Yeah, you can't get in here. I've done heinous stuff. Nedry gets the embryos, and he gets in a jeep, and he's driving to the boat because the guy at the dock is holding the boat for him so that he can get on. And,
1: uh... It's raining, he, and he crashes. It's
0: raining, he crashes, and the dinosaur eats him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, There's a long scene where he crashes, and then he's got to pull the jeep out with a thing, and then a Dilophosaurus shows yeah. up. A Dilophosaurus
1: who like, has obviously seen movies before, because it knows right. how to jump out and then disappear and then jump out again. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: and then get into the car somehow, stealthily. Yes. <laughs> And then attack him in the car. He's probably looking at his he's... other
1: Dilophosauruses who are watching him going, hey, check this out. Just watch. Right. Just watch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so now, so Nedry's dead. The park is offline. The storm is now hit. And um, we get the first major, I guess, the first major set piece action terror thing. And that's when the T-Rex... Shows up. Yeah. And and the T-Rex is... Oh, and by the way, we forgot to mention, when they bring the goat out and, and, and the girl goes, oh, it's going to eat the goat? And the guy's like, what's wrong? Don't you like lamb chops? I don't understand what that means because it's a it's goat. A, goat chops. And yeah, yeah, chops I guess goat, goat chops goats. didn't work. <laughs> and then she, for no reason at all, says, mm. I happen to be a vegetarian. Has no relevance to anything else in the movie. It's just in there to be in there, I guess. I guess it's to appeal to all the 12-year-old vegetarian uh, girls.
1: Excuse me, it's called character development, okay?
0: Alright, I'm so, I'm so sorry. We know
1: more about her as a person now.
0: Anyway, sorry. so they they notice the goat's gone, and then one of the goat's legs falls onto the hood of their car, mm. and uh-oh, the T-Rex is there. Well, the and, T-Rex is such a te- sloppy eater. Yeah, the T-Rex uh, knows that the gate is um, off, <laughs> and he just busts through there, and the lawyer has a freak out and he runs into the bathroom, mm. And then the T-Rex freaks the kids out, and he starts attacking their car, while Grant and Malcolm just sit there for a really
1: long time. I think Grant is secretly hoping that the T-Rex will take care of the kids.
0: <laughs> I think so, too! Yeah,
1: just, just wait, just wait, whoa, 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 just, just give it five minutes, just...
0: But finally Grant decides, I'm getting out of the car, and I'm gonna hope to God I'm right about his sight being based on movement, because if it's not, I'm a dead man! <laughs> takes a flare and he's like playing fetch with the t-rex and he, the t-rex is following the flare and then he throws the flare and the t-rex goes after it but then malcolm jumps out and does the same thing and uh oh it's not working because now he's running away <laughs> and then t-rex is chasing him and flips him in the air and then finds the lawyer and then there's a great scene where he chomps down on the lawyer and i remember when i was watching this in the movie theater be- because uh um, a lot of four-year-olds up to this point Only knew that dinosaurs were tiny plastic toys And they did not realize That a T-Rex was as large as it was Or as scary as it was Or could literally fit all of you In its <laughs> mouth <laughs> So a lot of kids were now Sobbing and screaming It was gremlins all over again
1: Oh, And jaded adults like you were sitting there Going, yeah, that's right, kids I Welcome love that, to See, life. that's
0: a great scene if you only listen to the scene, the sound effects are awesome. There's <laughs> the crunching. crunching and awfulness. Yeah. Um, so Grant uh, runs over to the destroyed Jeep, and he manages to get Lex out, but Tim is stuck. And now the T-Rex comes back, and oh, he's holding still, because remember, you can only see what's moving. Which, um, I, I need to bring up this point. Everything is moving right yeah. now. Because the wind is blowing, and things are flopping around and if this thing was based on movement wouldn't it just be running around to <laughs> everything, <the>
1: <laughs> or having a seizure
0: <laughs> i mean granted and here's the other thing t-rexes have fantastic senses of smell and this was known when the when the sto- when the uh, movie was uh, was uh, being made that the, one of the things they did know was that it had a super huge part of its brain that was dedicated to smell so you would think that the t-rex would be able to be able to differentiate between people and car <laughs> Like
1: food, car. Nope.
0: It's all about sight with this. Yeah. With this, and it tries
1: really hard to eat those cars too.
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah. But then I guess it gets sick of it, and uh, he kind of forces Grant and Ellie over the side of the wall. And this is what I was talking about: spatial stuff <laughs> we can't bring up because all of a sudden it's a sheer wall that drops down like forty yeah. feet. But it was the same wall that the T Rex came over and the, the T-Rex isn't that big and the thing just it's one of those Spielbergisms where if it's cutting along and it's at a really good pace you're, you're ignoring a lot of stuff that doesn't yeah. make sense so um, he goes over the thing and then uh, the T-Rex pushes the car over the wall and it lands in a tree and Tim's still in the car and I honestly I don't know what we jump to at that point, what do we jump to um
1: then? are they did don't yeah we go somewhere else when then they come Then we come back to the the car in the tree and and, grant, and mm-hmm. grant climbing up to get him is it Ellie mm-hmm. and and Muldoon no
0: um I think we go back to the control center Ellie has shown oh, yeah. up um and um and uh, Hammond's kind of like, I wonder if you could go get a gas powered jeep and go get my grandchildren maybe because <laughs> uh they're probably being eaten. I think I might
1: have gotten them killed. I just have a feeling. I,
0: I some mistakes have been made, and um, it would sure be nice to have a staff right now. <laughs> I
1: sure am glad I bought the insurance.
0: Um, Muldoon, do we have bazooka? No bazookas. Oh, okay, great. We have nothing that can kill the T Rex in case it goes goes on a kill crazy rampage. I've got a shotgun. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> I've got a shotgun, and I've got me knife. <laughs> So then we cut back, and uh, Grant has climbed, has somehow gotten into the tree, and he gets uh, Tim, and uh, Tim is uninjured despite having fallen forty feet <laughs> into, into a, tree, a tree in a car with no seatbelt on. He barfed, I think, is what he said. So they get out of the car and then they climb down the tree while the car is slowly crashing down above them. It's a really, actually, very well done. Yeah, it's a really exciting sequence, tense. I think. Yeah. And then they get down onto the ground and then the car lands on top of them. But they were, it lands like they're in the sunroof, I guess, the sunroof part. Yeah, so they're not, they're not injured. Um, and they have that line, "Oh, we're back in the car again," which is actually actually kind of funny but um <laughs> then we cut to uh i think it's the ellie thing where they show up yeah ellie and at where they they're supposed yeah. to be and and ellie's having a freak out and screaming really loud to attract every dinosaur everywhere
1: <laughs> but they find uh, malcolm they find,
0: they find malcolm who is okay he only got a glancing blow from a t-rex and they, i think he, only his leg is injured And, um, they're like, we can't find them. It's dark and it's raining and we have no staff. Um, (laughs) again, I'm so sorry. (laughs) And they get back in the Jeep and the T-Rex shows up again and he chases them. And they have that great scene where the the objects in the mirror appear larger and then they manage to escape because, hey, technology, you know, created by science, that thing you hate, Malcolm. (laughs) Anyway, um... (laughs) They get away, and Grant and Ellie and Tim climb into a very high tree to be safe. And a horrible joke is told, and Grant is bonding with the children because that has to happen, because we established that he hates them, and this is their idea of character growth. <laughs> um, oh, oh, then it's the next morning, and they're woken up by brachiosauruses that have colds. <laughs> well, again, another thing that goes nowhere... Uh, they climb down and then they come to a clearing and they get chased by uh, long neck dinosaurs No, they get
1: they're in a herd of long neck yeah, dinosaurs, like dino ostriches, whatever they are. Yeah, I can't remember the yeah. name of
0: it, the name of them at this point. Um, and then they see T Rex attack another one of them. And boy, that T
1: Rex just comes and, out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, that T Rex just pounces right on them, <laughs> and, and that was awesome. I love it. I could watch that all the time. Um, and then they get to one of the big electrical fences, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and they have to climb over it. They and... have to
0: climb over it, but meanwhile, back at back at the control room, they're trying to get the fences back on, and uh, Arnold goes, hey, I've barely been in this movie, and I'm underutilized as an actor, um, I'm gonna go and go check the breakers, the main yeah. switches, the something in a that's located in a separate building for some reason, and, um... He doesn't come back. Because
1: because the geniuses who designed the park decided to put the breaker box on the other side of the raptor pen. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like,
1: this won't come back to bite us in the ass at any point in the future if we ever have to reset the system.
0: Definitely not Muldoon. (laughs) Anyway, so... So he's... He's... uh... He he's gone, and Ellie's like, okay, well, I'm gonna go, and Muldoon's like, well, you're a girl, so I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna bring my big gun, and they go out there, and then Muldoon's like, we're being hunted, <laughs> and um, he says, I'm gonna stay here, you go and do the breaker thing, and I'm gonna totally survive this because I'm one of the few interesting characters in this movie, and I, you know, I'm gonna survive, not the not the boring ass. Um, Stick figures that you guys are You guys are definitely dead But me, Muldoon, guy with character You know, tough Oh shit, I'm being eaten (laughs) That's it
1: The raptors eat his head They eat his head
0: (laughs) They eat his head And so then uh, Ellie gets to the breaker thing And she gets in there And she finds
1: Part of Mister Arnold. That the one of, I guess the Raptors, uh, they stashed it behind some some cables yeah. just so it would freak her out, and
0: also <laughs> closed and opened the door. But they it, know how to do that. We find that out later. Um, <laughs> and she uh, turns on the breakers, but oh no, they just climbed over the fence, and Tim was still on the fence, and an ungodly amount of electricity shoots through Tim <laughs> and blows him twenty feet off the fence. 20 feet down to the ground and uh, Grant has to perform CPR on what should be a really dead yes. child <laughs> a
1: cooked child they should be able to eat him safely at this point but that doesn't He's happen Tim,
0: Tim Tim's alive and seemingly not suffering any ill effects or any No he
1: walks a little funny um, but other than that He
0: walks a little funny yeah other than that um, and they make it back to the visitor center, where they see Ellie, who is limping now?
1: Well, she had to run She's really hard on. to get away from those rabbits. Okay. And
0: she does that thing that I hate in movies, where she says something to people who are far away, but says it to herself.
1: Right. She says, run. She sees
0: them, and she goes, "She goes, run. And it's like, that didn't accomplish yeah. anything, Ellie. You're going to have to say it again louder.
1: <laughs> Alan's like, what?
0: What? We're gonna? We're going to... We can't oh, hear you, Ellie. Oh, Ellie's. okay. they get back to the uh, operations center and uh, uh, Ellie, uh, (laughs) the kids go and have ice cream or food or something they just said yeah you know we we pretty much know that the raptors are not in their pen and they're everywhere Uh, let's leave the kids alone
1: (laughs) (laughs) what could go wrong
0: well we Wait, didn't... Doesn't Ellie have to... Not Ellie. Doesn't Lex have to do something with a computer? Oh, wait, that's, that's right. That's Yeah, later. that's
1: not until a little later. But yeah, well, okay, somehow so the, it, the, the the kids, the, the raptors get the into the The kids go off center. to go get
0: food. Yeah. Yeah, and the adults are in the control room. And um, Hammond and, I guess, Malcolm leave,
1: right? <laughs> well, they're... Uh,
0: Because when the raptors attack, they can't be there because Malcolm has a broken leg and John Hammond walks with a cane. (laughs) They're not there when the raptors finally invade the visitor. center. No, they're
1: in. They're in like a bunker that I guess maybe is under the visitor center or.
0: I no. I thought they were in the. I guess I don't. I don't know anymore. I can't remember.
1: This this. Anyway, they magically disappear.
0: They, they magically disappear. The raptors chase the kids into the kitchen and the kids have managed to get out of the kitchen. The raptors are still chasing them. They get into the control room, but they can't lock the doors because the computer system controls all the locks. Which, by the way, um, no one just creates computerized locks. There is always a physical lock. Always, always people who designed Jurassic Park.
1: <laughs> it's clear that they didn't have the best designers for this place, though. So
0: Right. So... Grant and Ellie are trying to keep the door closed because the raptors are trying to get in and, and Lex gets to justify her existence in the movie by going onto a Unix system and uh, going through what um, people who never use computers think computers are. and
1: <laughs> Until she finds she the, find... the locks folder or whatever it is.
0: <laughs> right. And, oh, that's when they call Hammond and Hammond's like, oh, what's going on? And I guess he's in a separate place and then... The, the raptors come through the window. We don't get to see that because that's over the phone, and Hammond has now finally has a freak out. And the, the, the proto-family of Ellie, <laughs> Grant, uh, and, you know... The kids? Lex, yeah, the kids, they're having to escape the visitor's center, and they get into the main hall where there's a big T-Rex skeleton, and, uh-oh, they're surrounded by velociraptors.
1: It looks like they're done and, for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. But then what we did not know was that the Tyrannosaurus Rex is also part ninja. <laughs> Remember that creature that whose footsteps were so big that it rattled things and made ripples in water and you could hear from miles away? He can turn that off <laughs> because not only can he sneak up on things, but he can also somehow get in there. <laughs>
1: Ins- he can enter a building with <laughs> human-sized doorways.
0: Hole. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a she. Yes, <laughs> yeah, Remember all the... Right. All the yeah. It's a she, you and, sexist. Um, yeah, and then there's whatever. Um, then uh, the T-Rex uh, fights the Velociraptors and kills them and Out he roars nowhere. and... Deus rex machina. Yeah, followed by Hammond ex machina, which Hammond conveniently is outside with the jeep with Malcolm, and he's like, get in the jeep, we're leaving. (laughs) And they get into the helicopter, and um, the kids are all resting on Grant, because I guess Grant loves kids now. It's good to know that if you have a guy... Who really doesn't like children, you can turn him around by endangering his (laughs) life and the children's lives and um, have them suffer a a night of terror on a dinosaur island. That's all it takes. And, yeah. And uh, they fly away from Jurassic Park.
1: The end. The end. (laughs) I can tell you really like this movie. Steve. You know what? I mean, when I okay, I was 13 when I first saw this movie. When I when I saw mm-hmm. it in the theaters, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um yeah. I wanted to see it again. I just, you know, mm-hmm. I thought and like I said earlier, I loved the the score. I I bought the uh the soundtrack on cassette tape and listened to the John Williams score like over and over again. Uh-huh. Um right. then I went into my jaded teenage phase. Where I was just too good for everything, and Jurassic Park is right. like, a oh, stupid movie, you know? Mm-hmm. And now as a grown-up, slightly less cynical, slightly less feeling like I'm too good for stuff. Only slightly. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of at peace with it. I think it's a goofy movie. <laughs> I think it's like... It's not a great movie, but I can watch it and be entertained by it and not notice, you know, the con- inconsistencies that we've been talking about, like the really, including like the really crazy ones, like that cliff that comes out of nowhere that, you know, mm-hmm,
0: um, mm-hmm.
1: I, I, I don't mind that stuff. It, I find it an entertaining, diverting popcorn movie, and that's that's really all it is, you know. I don't think it's a milestone yeah, I in mean, any I, way, except maybe for special I effects. I
0: have to, yeah. I have to approach it from the same from the same angle is that it was it and that's what it was. It was a big budget popcorn film where you weren't supposed to be taking it seriously. The only problem I have with it is that the writers and director wanted you to take it seriously. And that's because they had to throw in all of this philosophical bullshit. Now, if they had stuck to their guns, I mean, th- here's the thing. The core of this movie is that it's a horror movie. Yeah. The core of this movie is that it is a horror movie. People show up on an island, people die, people escape. <laughs> and that is what is at the heart of it. But it's not a horror movie because it pulls its punches at every chance. You know, every. If this had been a hard R, you know, if this had been an R rated movie, not even a hard R, if this had been an R rated movie, and it was targeted towards adults. The philosophical part might have been touched on, but would have probably been largely ignored. Yeah. The kids probably wouldn't have been in it, but they, you know, they may have still been in it. They're, you can put kids in a horror movie or, or a horror action film like in, uh, say like in Aliens mm-hmm. um, and have them survive and, and, and do stuff like that. But the thing is, is that it's kind of like he wanted to do a horror movie, but he didn't want to show any blood and he didn't really want to show anyone get killed. I mean, when we talked about Muldoon gets his head bitten, that is through foliage, and there is literally no blood. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing at all. It's most of the hardcore violence happens, you know, off camera. And I'm and I'm not a big proponent for blood. I don't think blood equals horror. But they're kind of like wanting their cake and eating it too. They're kind of like saying, well, this is. This is this is a horror movie. This is a scary movie, but it's all you know. Technically, it's an action adventure, and horrific things happen, and we kind of want to show you it, but we don't. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, it's clearly it's clear that the movie was was made. It was pitched at the the broadest possible audience. You know, like there's.
0: Well, no, it was pitched at. If we make it an R-rated movie, uh, kids won't go. can't go. Right. To
1: oh yeah. Exactly. It's it's. It, they wanted you know ages they wanted all ages to come see it but at the same time they which also i think is a disservice you know the sort of the scary parts
0: which is a, i think is a disservice because just like with gremlins gremlins is a horror movie yeah. gremlins is an old-fashioned monster movie that they made pg so that they could get kids to go in and see it but the content in it is terrifying to young kids So parents are showing up and, uh, oh, here we go. And I have a movie about these cute little animals. And I remember seeing Gremlins and those kids were screaming. (laughs) The one kid was on the floor begging his parents to leave because he was so upset by what was going on in the film because it is unexpectedly terrifying. The same thing happens here. And they put kids in danger in the film. Now, if you're 11, 12, 13, this isn't that intense. But little kids were going to go see this movie because it's PG. There can't be anything in here. It's about dinosaurs. It's an adventure film. And then you have a scene like the T-Rex scene, or you have where the kids are being terrorized by the velociraptors, and thanks to uh, the dialogue at the beginning, he's graphically described, well, I'll split you open and and your guts will come out, but you'll be alive when you're being eaten. And and if you're five years old, you're like, I don't want to be in this movie anymore. I don't want to see these little kids. Who are our avatars in this film get destroyed <laughs> so I think one of the things that I, one of the things about it is is that it kind of feels like the movie pulls its pun when you're watching it now it feels kind of like it's pulling its punches yeah you know, it, it's kind yeah, of yeah the,
1: the kids never really feel truly in jeopardy because you once you get a once you get a feel for what the movie is, you know that Steven Spielberg's not going to kill these kids
0: <laughs> no, I don't think he, yeah exactly. What do you think this is? Schindler's List. <laughs> oh. Which was his movie yes. directly after this one. But um the thing is uh I'm not going to fault the I'm not going to fault the film. I'm not going to say I hate the film. I actually enjoy the film uh, on the merits of what it was produced to be. Um and that is just a, a kind of fun uh, adventure film. I saw it when I was 24 so i i was a little bit older i wasn't nearly as i was past my cynical teenage years and all that other stuff so i kind of approached it from from you know the perspective of this is a potentially a date movie which it was and you know there was the 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 problem overall that i have with the film is that you can't touch it technically yeah the movie holds up the movie still looks fantastic and I don't know if that's uh, <laughs> saying a lot about the movie industry, <laughs> about how they haven't been able to pro- improve on on uh, Jurassic Park. There's a couple of scenes, you know, that first Brontosaurus, you can kind of tell it looks a little. Yeah. He looks
1: a little. Just and, a little. you know, with with most of the T-Rex stuff, they do the trick that a lot of sort of early to mid-90s CGI movies did, where it's all taking place at night with, you know, a lot of rain. So you can sort of cover yeah. up any yeah. in, any, you know...
0: Winston didn't want the rain Winston, they, changed, they, they dropped that on him he had designed this gigantic full size, the largest sculpt that Stan Winston's Studios ever did was the T-Rex and it was made out of foam rubber, it was, you know, foam latex and all this other stuff and um, you know, Steven Spielberg said, oh it's going to be raining and he was like, this thing isn't made to be in the rain <laughs> and he's like, so? <laughs> they, they had to stop shooting and dry it off because it was affected. it would become so heavy it would absorb so much water that it would start getting these little stammers so that the the T-Rex looked like it had Parkinson's disease at one point. You can find <laughs> clips of it online. Um, but, I mean, I'm not going to... I can't fault it technically. I can fault it for its script, which... Um, is not no, good. the
1: script is there to get to the action set pieces And there's not a great deal yeah. of thought put into it Other than, okay, how do we get these characters from point A to point B So we, so the dinosaur stuff uh-huh. can happen Yeah, that's absolutely right
0: I mean, I acknowledge that But if that was the case, then we needed to get to the dinosaur stuff quicker Hey, you know
1: what? I'm tired of and- hearing people say <laughs> that Because they say that there's not enough dinosaurs in it soon But Richard Attenborough's in this movie after like 10 minutes Oh,
0: you son of a bitch, yeah. take me back <laughs> What did he say about me? <laughs> Shut up, Richard Attenborough's ghost. We're not talking Can about I you. Can I tell you?
1: I thought of that joke like 5 days ago. And I just I knew I was going to do that joke during <laughs> the show. You've been sitting, I've been on, sitting it. on it all week. <laughs>
0: I mean, I, 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 I understand, you know, I'm the big complainer about wanting to develop characters because if you care about the characters, then the movie is, is it makes it for a better film. And this was one of those movies where I didn't care about the two, two main characters. I didn't care about Grant not wanting no. kids. In fact, that felt really kind of stuck on just to give him something. Like, they're doing this kind of, uh, this road thing where are like, well, we have to have character development, so um, there are kids in the movie, uh, how about that Grant doesn't like kids, and in the end he likes kids? Yeah. And that felt really kind of attached on, there was no, and, and this also, this is the other thing, Sam Neill's a good actor. Certainly. Not in this movie. <laughs> but he is a good actor and i didn't believe him not for a minute not for a second i didn't believe him as a paleontologist i didn't believe him as an american <laughs> and i didn't believe him as a living person because he doesn't i think, car- think what well, what the, what were you the problem
1: say? with i think all, what what we're sort of getting at with all of this is that the the movie isn't really about any of the people in it I mean, they have their little character arcs, like Doctor Grant and his thing with kids, and Malcolm and his philosophical objections, which doesn't really go anywhere. Like he doesn't have he Malcolm doesn't have yeah Malcolm does not have he a character doesn't change arc. he doesn't grow he doesn't really learn anything. Uh, but so the closest thing to a to a character arc that anybody has is that business with Grant and the kids. But that's not what the movie's about. The movie isn't really about any of the people in it. And that's right. that's and and that's a problem if you start to look and at this it goes as a drama. this
0: goes this yeah this goes back to if that's the case if it's not supposed to be about the people then it needs to be a horror movie because if it was a horror movie you wouldn't get rid of all the people on the island because that's more meat for the grinder they get rid of everybody right. it's like everyone get out everyone out because if we have a high body count we're not gonna make that PG rating everybody off the island. We have to have we I, look. It's hard enough to do four off-screen deaths. We can't do twenty off-screen deaths at this point. <laughs> so it's you know we don't get the we don't you know we don't get a high body count. We don't get any of that stuff. So I mean that's what I mean by a kind of balance is yeah. they if if it's not supposed to be about the characters then don't make it about the characters. Don't give me crap that 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 just kind of makes it feel. Um, Hacky, you know, like like I mean, Crichton adapted his own novel, and then it got rewritten by by a few people for the movie. Um, but um the other thing is about this uh, that I did notice is that out of S- Steven Spielberg's films, this one lacks. Usually, his cinematography is mm-hmm. really good. His cinematography is as memorable shots, memorable scenes, all that stuff. This one seems like it was shot for TV. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of there's not a whole lot of you know, everyone likes to reference the the shot of the the glass of water or whatever. Yeah. But that isn't what I'm referencing. What I'm referencing is is that a lot of these shots seem kind of static, pullback back. Aesthetically, it looks different from his previous films. I mean, um, he made a film called Always. Was it Always? The one, the firefighters in the sky movie. Was that what it was? It was a remake of a guy named Joe. Okay. Um, the one with Richard Dreyfus where he dies, um, and he comes back, he's back as like, uh, some other dude's, uh, inspiration, guardian angel, whatever. Um, that movie felt, uh, was shot, it wasn't a great movie, not very many people saw it, but it was still, sh- it was obvious that Steven Spielberg loved the, loved the idea, the concept, and he shot it really, really well. It was very lush. Yeah. This movie seems very, uh, very, very antiseptic. Very clean for one of his films. You
1: think maybe part of that might be that he didn't want to push the special effects too far. I mean, because I a lot of those f- sort of uh, static looking shots. You know, like it feels like it feels like if, if, if even though I think a lot of the CGI holds up uh, today. Like if this movie were made today, those CGI shots would be much more complex and much more immersive than they are in this movie. It wouldn't just be the character sort of watching things at a distance, you know?
0: Yeah, I, but I, I don't know, because it carries over into shots where there is no CGI. Yeah. I, the, for example, the the, the the paleontological site, the dig, the people are dirty, but it really does look like that a, that a stagehand just walked up and just splashed dust on them right before they went to shot. Everything looks relatively clean. Nothing feels terribly lived in or realistic, which is, you know... Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark is not realistic by any stretch of the imagination but the world that they inhabit looks mm-hmm. lived in it looks you know it's not an anti- it's not as antiseptic as say the films that they were inspired by the the serials of the 1940s but it's not a spare film there's a lushness to it there's a there's a depth of frame involved in in his previous films that we just don't get here everything seems relatively flat it's kind of like it, oddly enough, it's kind of like going through an amusement park ride. I don't know if that was intentional, but amusement park rides also tend to be, because of limitations of space, you don't have you know depth of right. field or, or whatever else. Like, like when you're at Disneyland, you can't, you know, it can only go to the back <laughs> wall. And then, so you, you don't get it. That, that's what this movie kind of felt like. And I don't know if it was because he wanted to rush through this so that he could get onto Schindler's List. I know he wanted to make the film. Yeah, Um, and I knew he probably knew that it was going to make a shit zillion dollars. Um, But there's a there's a feeling that I have behind it, like he wasn't trying as hard as he does with things that he actually gives a damn about,
1: and even a lot of the memorable shots, like other than the water glass shot. Which I agree with you is probably the it's probably the most famous single shot. It's the most famous image from uh-huh. movie. it's. It's weird that the most famous image from a dinosaur movie is a shot of concentric circles in a glass of water. Um, <laughs> but but um, yeah, most of the the really you know sort of the uh, the beauty shots in the movie are just typical Spielberg shots. Like it really doesn't feel like he stretched himself very much creatively or, or visually to come up with really awesome. You know, the camera placement, the sort of... You know, it's yeah. it's all pretty... It's like typical Spielberg. Like, if you were going to make, you know, a reel of... Okay, what's Steven Spielberg's deal as a filmmaker? Okay, well, these are the shots he likes. Mm-hmm. These are the kind of... And it's, it's just yeah. that, you know.
0: The tight close... The tight close-in on someone's eyes. Yeah. A typical Spielberg shot is that you show people looking at something before you reveal what it is that they're looking yeah. at. And oftentimes, he will go... He will go in tight onto a face, and then do a reverse and show you what they are seeing. And that he uses that a lot. And I think he only does that once or twice in this film. And it's not something that I mind. It's very effective. It's a very effective way to get the get the audience to relate to the characters that that are that he's presenting. But I don't know. I the thing is is you know i don't hate this movie i don't i honestly don't no. hate it i do not hate about it. Uh, you know we joke through the film because quite honestly there's a lot to joke about in the film <laughs> but what i consider it like a classic like because people have described it as a classic film it's a, it's a classic film and i and i'm kind of like it's important from its technical aspects yeah because this was aside from say terminator 2 this was the film that really said hey look what we can do we can do this and that, for that it, I think it's it's a visually for visual effects it's very stunning. A lot of people want to say it's visually stunning, but not for i i'm gonna say not for its cinematography definitely yeah, not. no and I never bought for a second they were on that goddamn helicopter.
1: <laughs> it was like people driving a car in a Saturday night live sketch. It was just a film. It, it,
0: it was like watching Cars fifty four. Where are you? And thinking that the guys in the cop car are actually in a car, <laughs> and that's not a film projection behind. Them. <sighs> All right, so Steve, would you recommend to the newborns that have never seen Jurassic Park?
1: <laughs> would you Would you recommend the uh, film? Yeah, I guess I would recommend it. If, you, if, if wow. for whatever reason you haven't seen it yet, like again, yeah, if you're if you're like twelve and for some reason you're listening to this podcast and you've never seen the original Jurassic Park, go. See it, and then you can go see Jurassic. Go, World. go,
0: repeat all the swears you've heard directly yes. to your parents. Kids. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I would recommend it. It's not. I wouldn't recommend it. You know, enthusiastically. But if I were thirteen, I would recommend it enthusiastically.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I'm gonna, you know, I'll recommend it too. It is, you know, it's still entertaining. It is not something. <sighs> The thing is, it's not something that you have to think about until the filmmakers tell you that you need to think about something. So <laughs> they would have just taken out that part. Don't 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 highlight the, the the problems with your script by by putting it in the script, guys. Just don't do it. But other than that, if you want to see dinosaurs kill people off screen, um, and basically just see dinosaurs, which is what everyone was waiting for anyway, um, then yeah, go see it. It, it the action elements to it that is that is what Steven Spielberg is really good at. Yeah. He's really good at it. And um, there are a lot... There are a number of really good suspenseful um, action sequences in this film that work really, really, really well. Um, and, you know, if you haven't seen it before, then, yeah, it's it's definitely something where if you showed it, I wouldn't be like, oh, geez, I, I don't know how they're going to react. More than likely, someone's going to like it. And, and so, yeah, I'm going to recommend... I'm going to recommend this film. So, please... Don't send us any hateful emails. Yeah, I don't want to hear
1: anybody <laughs> complaining about how we gave Jurassic Park a negative review when we both recommended We didn't. That's ruggedly, right. tepidly. <laughs> we both
0: <laughs> I want to change it. <laughs> this feels wrong. I want to change
1: it. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, go ahead and see it if you want. What do we care?
0: And now we're going to recommend a different film other than Jurassic Park. Steve, do you have a film you want I to do. recommend? I do. I went
1: back and forth as to whether I wanted to recommend this particular movie. Uh, this, The movie I'm going to recommend might be a better fit if we were talking about the sequel to Jurassic Park uh, called The Lost World, which, which sort of... Uh, uh, alludes or pays homage to this movie I'm going to recommend much more overtly than the original Jurassic Park but then I decided to hell with it I'm I'm recommending the original King Kong uh, you, you stole mine you stole oh my it. god did I say King Kong I meant the lost world <laughs> well, that's all right. No, um,
0: I it's the I've never heard of this King Kong well, that you well there's this of. movie
1: from 1933 called king kong and it's about a big gorilla mm-hmm. who uh gets kidnapped from his home and taken to new york city and he does he takes it about as well as you would expect and he ends up mm. rampaging through the city and and climbing a big building and, and then that, he gets shot off the building and he dies and that's literally uh, almost the entire yeah. plot of the movie
0: that's, that's the whole <laughs> movie we we kidnap we kidnap uh, an animal and then we murder it <laughs>
1: <laughs> pretty much um and it's you know it's it's an early sort of, uh, it's the first really noteworthy sound special effects movie. There's a lot of stop motion animation. The, the, there's a really famous sequence where, where Kong has a fight with a, a Tyrannosaurus on the Island. That's become a very iconic reference point for people who love special effects. And, um, and it's a really tight, hour and a half movie, and it's just a fun movie and it's it's uh maybe lacking some of the pretensions that you complained about Jurassic Park having Jason about you know the philosophical problems there are lots of philosophical problems that King Kong the movie brings up, but the movie itself doesn't seem aware of any of them. Um, but anyway, if, we're, if for whatever reason you haven't seen...
0: Wait, we didn't have philosophy in the 1930s. Oh, that was the philosophy in the that's 1930s. That's right. If it's on foreign soil, we can kill the natives and take it. And then if we don't like it, we can shoot it with our flying machines. That's machine.
1: right. <laughs> so there you go. If you like old 1930s special effects movies tinted by a, a, a warm golden hue of racism and colonialism, I highly recommend the classic King Kong.
0: Okay, well then I'll do The Lost World, Jurassic Park, and guarantee that people... Here's the weird thing. People love Jurassic Park, but they hate the lo- Jurassic Park, The Lost World.
1: Yeah, what's with that?
0: And I don't understand that because I think you agree with me. I like The Lost World better than Jurassic Park. Yeah, I like Park. The
1: Lost World. Definitely.
0: But um, this is, the, of course, the sequel to... Uh, Uh, the first Jurassic Park. Our main character now is Malcolm, and um, yeah, there's dinosaurs in this, and people running around, and and, um, the the better part is, is the (laughs) (laughs) death.
1: Your bloodlust is sated more completely.
0: Oh, yes, it is. And then, you know, there's another kid that's in trouble, and there's stuff in there that doesn't make any sense, and there's, you know, uh, uh, plot lines that go nowhere. It's got all the same problems that the first uh Jurassic Park movie had except in this case I actually cared about the people more in the Lost World than I did in Jurassic Park and uh, I think that has a lot to do with the performances and the, and uh the people that they brought in um yeah it does it does go overboard and there are things that don't make sense and yeah T-Rex goes on a kill crazy rampage this time in San Diego oh spoilers <laughs> um but um the, the, but for some reason, that movie resonates with me more than the first one. And I think it's... Possibly it is because it's a, it's slightly more visceral. And uh, they do a clever thing where they kind of... They do more showing and not telling when it comes to the philosophy of what's going on. You know, whereas in the first movie, they kind of play at the whole... Uh, corporate greed against the natural world kind of, of deal in the first Jurassic Park. Now they are actually showing that dichotomy between, you know, avar- you know, the avarice of a corporation that obviously does not care who gets hurt in order for them to, to make their money, and um, what they actually, the lengths that they have to go through in order to uh, to do it. I'm not going to go through the whole Rick and or whatever, and I'm relatively certain no one's listening to me at this point because, as far as they're concerned, The Lost World was a pale imitation of Jurassic Park. <laughs> but you know what? I don't care. I like that movie. And you know what? I'll go even one better. Yeah, you'll all hate me after this. I even like Jurassic Park 3. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no!
0: You want to know why? You want to know why? Because the entire time I was watching Jurassic Park and the whole thing with Ellen Grant and not liking kids. And I told, I if I could have told Ellie, Ellie, your relationship is doomed. You need to move on to somebody else because he's never going to like kids. And Jurassic Park 3, they confirm that entire thing because they're not together as yep. a couple.
1: <laughs> and it just feels so good to be right, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, well, you know what? I think what it's nice is is that someone else watched the same movie I did and went, it makes no sense that these people would yeah. wind up together. Um, so now I've just done two yeah. recommendations for two other hated Well, you films. know what,
1: though? I mean, I agree with you. I don't I don't understand why people who like the first Jurassic Park don't like The Lost World. I mean, I, I don't get it. I mean, if you don't like either movie, if you just think all of those movies are terrible, that's fine. But I just, I don't see people who love Jurassic Park but think The Lost World is not just inferior but they actually, but people think it's like a terrible movie. I just don't get yeah, that. Yeah,
0: and it's it really isn't a terrible film. And I, and technically neither is there are some goofy there's some goofy stuff in Jurassic Park 3. Some truly goofy outrageous stuff, but there's goofy outrageous stuff in Jurassic Park. Yep.
1: <laughs> you know the best thing about Jurassic Park 3 though is the running time.
0: How long is that? That's like a hundred like an and a half. I think it's the shortest. It's
1: just over an hour and a half. It's the shortest of all of them, and oh, it's that's... perfect. It's the perfect running time for a movie like this. I don't think it's the best of the three movies, but in terms of the running time, no. that's exactly right, man.
0: Hey, Hollywood, listen up. Uh, I uh, My bladder has about an hour and 30 limit when I drink one of those large <laughs> sodies from the... From the from the concession stand, I hate having to either hold it and be in pain during the climax of a film, the last thirty minutes of a film, because it's three and a half goddamn hours long. And I'm an old man. <laughs>
1: in my day, a script was ninety pages.
0: Stop doing three and a half hour, three D IMAX. Go, go back to the square screen. <laughs> and I don't like sound. Cinerama things, things weren't better. Catch on better when I had to read in between scenes when people had
1: dialogue. That's why these kids are illiterate today. Bring back the zoetrope. In my day, we had flip books, and that's all we had, and we liked it. Oh
0: yeah, we had shadows on the wall or nothing.
1: We'd apply pigment to the side of our caves, and it was perfect. Anyway.
0: So, do you agree with us on our review? Uh, of Jurassic Park if you don't leave a comment we'd love to hear it if you do leave a comment we'd love to hear that too and if you think you're shouting into a well when you want to make a recommendation for a film you want (laughs) to want to leave for us go ahead and do it anyway because it may inspire us to do that or lead us in a completely different direction um
1: (laughs) that's it'll probably be that second one I'm sorry
0: this is I'm seriously thinking about changing the name of this podcast to Two Men Who Hate Movies Review Movies (laughs) uh all right so uh until next time this has been jason and steve shives and go see a movie this week
1: you know i had a closing catchphrase but a dinosaur ate it (laughs)
0: it's not an excuse you have to write why why you didn't have your homework 50 times on the the dinosaur
1: is just gonna eat that too (laughs) whatever dinosaurs aren't magic they can't keep destroying all of your work